Thank you, praise team. May we now transition to our prayer. Let us bow our heads and open us up in a word of prayer. Let us pray together. It says in 1 John 4, 4, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. If you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bestowing upon us your love, a call upon our life, not just to live for ourselves, but to live for the kingdom of God, something greater than our own. And with that call comes a cost, a cost of discipleship, a cost of sacrifice, a cost of obedience, of following you and being obedient to you and you alone, and living for the audience of one and one only, and that his name is Jesus Christ. And with that comes an attack of the enemy, that God, that you remind us that we have a powerful enemy who desires to kill us and destroy our faith. But thank you, God, that you are greater than the one who is in the world. You are in us, and you strengthen us, and you protect us, and you walk with us, God. So I pray with today's message, with the sensitivity of the topic, of the attack from the enemy, may you be strengthened here today. I know there will be a lot of attacks and distractions, especially in our service. But Lord, may we place you as the center of our heart. Lord, protect us here today. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts for those who are here listening today, may it be protected, Lord. May it be guided by you, by you and you alone. We give you all the glory and all the honor. And we declare today, Lord, that you are a rock and our Redeemer. We thank you. We love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. Pray all these things in your precious Son. Just question me, pray. And God's people pray. Amen. amen. And amen. 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 All right. God bless you, church. It's good to be in the house of God. Can we all take our seat? And before we begin, uh, let's take a moment to greet our fellow neighbor at this time. Uh, God bless you. It's good to be in the house of God. The title of today's message is this, We Have a Powerful Enemy, a Powerful Enemy. And I want to remind you today that this enemy is real. It's more real than the chair that you're sitting, the clothes that you're wearing, the air that you breathe. It is real. And the Bible makes it very clear that we have a powerful enemy, not a weak enemy, but a formidable, powerful enemy. And we need to understand that it's not just an enemy who is a foolish individual, but he is a powerful enemy. Matthew 4, verse 8 through 11, our main scripture found here today, it says this again, The devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. What is the context here? Satan is attacking and tempting Jesus. 
Jesus is in the desert, in the wilderness, 40 days, 40 nights, and he is one with the Lord. And he is praying to the Lord, and the devil comes and attacks him. And he offers him all the kingdoms of the world and all the splendor that the world can offer. It says in verse 9, Satan, he says this, All this I will give you, he said. But there's a catch. If you will bow down and worship me. The audacity of Satan to ask Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, to bow down to him. That's what happens when we're blinded, when the enemy is in us. That's how arrogant and powerful this enemy is. If you will bow down and worship me. And how does Jesus respond? How does he counter? He does this. He says in verse 10, she said to him, away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him like a coward he is. And angels came and attended him. Amen and amen. Years ago with the young men from our church, we went camping. Right, they had a lot of fun. They went swimming, uh, watched the movie. I think we had Subway, and we also did some barbecue, a ramen, all the fun stuff that comes with camping. And just in case in the evening, when the evening came, we decided to get more wood. So <laughs> I remember they went in pairs in search for more wood. And Rodney was partnered with Yoon, and when we got to the campsite before, let me just give this description. We found a wooden cross tied with a string in the middle. It was kind of creepy, right? Like, it was just on a tree. We're like, what is this? Like, who would do something like this? So Ronnie was, he already had that sewed into his heart, right? He was just afraid of that. And then all of a sudden, out of all the members, Yoon would just go and he would just be like, oh, what is this? He would just like play with it. <laughs> so you, so Ronnie already uh, had Yoon in a wrong light. He thought Yoon was possessed. I don't know what Ronnie was thinking. But they were partnered together, and they went into the woods to go get more wood. And why do we get scared? The question, why do we get scared, especially in the dark? Because we realize Satan lurks in the darkness because he's a coward. And in darkness, we fear the unknown. And what we cannot see, we become afraid of. Ronnie had nothing to be afraid of because obviously he knows Yoon. Obviously Yoon is a right, really nice individual. I don't know why Ronnie would be scared of him. He could just judo him. But sometimes the enemy lurks in our hearts and he desires to bring anxiety and fear into our lives. Why? Because that's his character. And a lot of us, we live under the power, not of the light of Christ, but from the darkness of the kingdom of Satan. And today, I want to expose the kingdom of Satan. Yes, we have a powerful enemy. That's true. But it says that he is greater than the one who is in the world. Amen. Christ is greater than any kingdom of darkness. He is a cockroach. 
He likes to hide. He is a counterfeiter, a liar, and a coward. Just like the movie in Stand By Me, all the guys in the movie, the young children, they're scared of this dog called Chopper, right? Like that scene, Chopper Sikkim, right? And they, re- and they see it for what it is, and the dog is a cute little dog. The rumors, it was not true. It was not the scary dog, but it was this tiny little dog. And a lot of us, we are living our Christian life with a nightlight, right? with like a seven-watt bulb with a low, low loom, and we try to expose it for what it is. We try to search for things with a low light, but God calls us to turn on the light. He gives us a thousand loom, I don't know, thousand, thousand, one, fifteen hundred, two thousand loom flashlight to see what is in front of us, to expose the ways of sin. Because the ways of sin is clear. The Bible tells us he is a fraud, he is a liar, he is a deceiver, he is a counterfeiter. And as Christians, we need to confront Satan and we need to see Satan for who and what he is. And what matters the most within this topic is this. The only catch for us, the only way that we can overcome this powerful enemy, and this the most important catch, is that we must be in Christ. We must be in a relationship with Christ and stand in Christ. That's the catch. That's how we overcome Satan. If not, then we will lose. It is a losing battle and we cannot win. We cannot take Satan for granted. We cannot take him lightly. He has been around for thousands and thousands of years. He knew you when you were born and he had a target on your forehead to kill you and to destroy you and to bring you down for you to not know your maker, your God in heaven. He's not just filled with hatred, Francis. He doesn't just hate you. He is hatred himself. He is hatred. He is murder. He is darkness. And he desires to kill you and to destroy you. And this is important. Please do not overestimate the power of Satan and the kingdom of darkness. And then as a coin, flip that, and please do not underestimate the power of Satan and the kingdom of darkness. All we need to know is that we have a powerful enemy, and Satan is Satan, and that Satan is not to be toyed with, especially especially in our own strength, in our own way. But we need to realize that Satan, his fuel is the fire of his pride. And his satisfaction to kill, it cannot be quenched. That is his being. That is what he is. His mission for this miserable being is to destroy you. That is why the world that we live in is filled with so many temptations. Left and right, we see worldly ways. We are in his playground. This is his territory. This world is his territory. And if you let him, he's been around for thousands of years, and he will play you like a toy. He will. This is his domain. But for us, the advantage that we have is that we have God.
We have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We walk in the light. Every step that we take, the light comes with us. We illuminate the light around us. That's why the Bible says you have to be the salt and the light. If you lose your saltiness, if you lose your light and put a cover over the light, then what are you good for? What light are you exposing? What light, what darkness are you exposing? What light are you illuminating? Satan is attacking you here today. And we need to understand that this world is his domain. We are, he has the home field advantage. How do I know this? Because the scripture tells us this. In John 12, verse 31, Jesus says, Satan is the prince of this world. This world, this earth. He roams around this earth looking for people to devour and to kill and to destroy. John 14, verse 30 says, I will not say much more to you for the prince of this world. Who is the prince of this world? That's Satan. He's talking about Satan. It's coming. And he is here. And he has no hold over me. Just like what we just saw in Matthew 4. He has no hold over Jesus. Jesus says, get away from me, Satan. Get away. Away from me, Satan. And it says, the devil left him. And the angels came and attended him. Satan has no power over Jesus. And if Satan has no power over Jesus, then Satan has no power over me because he, the one who lives in me is greater than the one who is in the world. For Christ lives in you. Christ lives in me. And as was mentioned in Matthew 4 in our main passage, as Satan tried to attack the audacity and the pride of him trying to attack the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, that same Satan, that prince of this world, who can offer you all these things of this world, is attacking you today. And he desires to kill you today. That's his calling. That's his being. That's what he lives for. That's what he eats. That's what he breathes. That's his life source. The fire, the fuel of pride within him and he desires to kill you first john 4 4 is not up on the screen but again i put it in my prayer you dear children are from god and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world john 15 19 if you belong to the world it will love you as its own as it is you do not belong to the world but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Amen. 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 Your goal in this life is not for you to make it in this world, to have the quote-unquote American dream. Yes, those things are good things. God desires to give us good things, but that is not the main thing. We only have one main thing, and that's it. And everything else is an extra blessing. That's to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because you have a powerful enemy that desires to kill you. And the only way that we will be protected is a relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. For those who struggle with sleep paralysis, attacks from the enemy, anxiety and fear, and all the things that come from the enemy, the only way for us to overcome any of those attacks, especially when you're sleeping, you're getting attacked, and you're not able to move, you say, in Jesus' name, 
because there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. And Matthew 4 is a good reference to this. I mean, there are many, but we're sticking to our main scripture here. And what does he say in verse 10? Matthew 4, verse 10. She says, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. Amen. So with that, let's begin with our point number one. Point number one is this. Our powerful enemy is not omnipotent. Omni means all. Potent means powerful. He is not all-powerful. Sin is not all-powerful. Sin is a counterfeiter, like a cheap knockoff Rolex watch. A very good one, but a knockoff, nonetheless. Sin is subject to God. We need to understand that. Everything, the created things, is subject to God. A good, exa- good example of this is found if you go to Job 1, verse 6. It's not up on the screen. It says, One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and sin also came with them. Who are they presenting to? To God. And a few verses later, Job 1, verse 12, it says, The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has is in your power. Because Satan was saying, Let me attack Job. Let me hurt him. Surely he will turn his back against you. Surely he will betray you. Surely he will give up on you. And the Lord says, saying, very well then. Everything he has is in your power. When he says, in your power, he's talking about the limited power. You are limited, sin. You are subject to me. The limited power of sin. But on the man himself, do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. What do we learn from that passage? We learn that Satan is limited. He is a limited being. Yes, he is a powerful being, but he is a limited being. Compared to God, he is nothing. Therefore, his powers are limited. All of us, we answer to God. In the end, we report to him. And Satan also is subject to God. We're all accountable to God. That's why when you see an individual who are billionaires who have everything in their life, they live as if God doesn't exist. They think that they can overcome anything and they will live forever. They are fools because in the end, we will all face that final day, take that final breath. And when that day comes, we are accountable to The Bible says every angelic beings, every being, every created being answers to God. No matter how rich, poor, strong, weak, we we all answer to one being, and his name is Jesus Christ. And at the same time, however, we cannot, again, as I mentioned earlier, we cannot underestimate our enemy, a.k.a. our adversary. You cannot. We need to learn how to counter with boxing or any sports or with fighting. We need to learn how to counter. It's not just about defending, but we need to know how to counter the enemy when those punches come. Either it's a head movement, a counter, uppercut, whatever it may be. 
And if we don't learn how to fight this battle correctly, we will end up losing and we will die. We need to be humble and not become proud and not think that we can defeat the demons ourselves. We cannot. He will devour you, for he is powerful. Turn with me to Acts 19. I'm going to skip a few verses, but let me begin with verse 1 through 5, and I want to just share this story with you. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, again, it's the journey of Paul, written in the book of Acts, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So we see right away, these are the first Christian church. They do not understand the theology or the relationship or the Holy Spirit, they don't know the details. So he, that's why Paul is here to give them the details of how to receive the Holy Spirit, to have to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Verse 3, so Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they reply. What is John's baptism? John's baptism here is just a baptism of repentance. It's just you repenting to God, Lord, forgive me of my sins, period, and that's it. But what we need to do as Christians, we cannot just leave it at John's baptism with repentance. Yes, repentance is important. We repent every single day. But we need to go further and we need to what? Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need to have the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit equals new life in Christ. It's a life that is a life not just living for myself as a disciple of this world, as a disciple of my own, but as a disciple of Christ. That's why he says, and continuing on, verse 4, Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And what did this baptism lead? Let's go to Acts 19, verse 11 through 16. Let's skip a few verses and go to verse 11. It says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched them were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. Paul, right away, he's demonstrating the power of God, the Holy Spirit's power. It's not just about repentance, but if you have the Holy Spirit, you have authority in the name of Jesus Christ to overcome these demons. Verse 13, some Jews went around driving out evil spirits, tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who are demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a cult group. Again, this is necromancy. This is, these are witches. Skivas are fortune-telling, magic, saint worshipers. It will seem like they have special powers. A Jewish chief priest were doing this. One day, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, 
but who are you? What are you doing? Remember, they're not even doing it from their own life. They do not have the Holy Spirit. They're trying to steal it from what they saw on YouTube. They're trying to just mimic, just pretend like you know what you're doing. You know, learn some few moves, jujitsu moves, and try to see and, and see that you can do it. It's like, what are you doing? You're a fraud. Satan knows this. In verse 15, one day the evil spirit answered, and Jesus I know and Paul I know about. Who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. I mean, that's an embarrassment. It's not just getting beat, but you, I guess you got beat so bad, your clothes just ripped off and you run off naked. Reality check. You have a powerful enemy. And if you're not in Christ, in the midst of this heavy battle, with many casualties, we've lost a lot of Christians, especially during the pandemic, quote-unquote Christians, because the Christian cannot lose their faith. Without the Holy Spirit, we will be utterly destroyed. And we need to realize, again, Satan is the ruler of this world. He is the prince of this world. You cannot forget that. The moment we take our enemy lightly, it's like in any match, before a match, or anything, an event, you take that team for granted, and you take it lightly. Your pride will overtake you, and you will lose. We cannot forget that Satan is the prince of this world, that he is the God of this age. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says, Satan, the God of this age, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Again, he's called the God of this age. He's the prince of this world, and he is the God of this age. Again, keep in mind, the description is lowercase g, meaning he is not God. He is not omnipotent. He is not all-powerful. He is just a counterfeiter. Again, a cheap knockoff Rolex. God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. He has blinded them. So they cannot see the light of the gospel. Again, the light. We're talking about the light of Christ that displays what? The glory of Christ, who is the image of God, just like John 12, John 14 mentioned earlier, the prince of this world, he is the God of this age. Ephesians 2, 2, it says, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander, meaning the ruler of the powers in the unseen air, unseen world. The translation says he's the prince of the air. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Let me read that again. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So every agnostics, atheist that we see in our workplaces, even our patients, the people that we work with, we see it's the spirit of the devil that is at work, that's keeping their hearts at bay, is at work on those who refuse to obey God. Again, to be in God means to have obedience. 
not disobedience. And the scripture here, when it's saying the commander, when it's saying the God of this age, the prince of the air, the prince of this world, the scripture is not saying Satan has all authority, right? The Bible doesn't give more. It doesn't over-exaggerate. It doesn't under-exaggerate. But it gives us the truth to what it is, and that's it, period. And the scripture is very clear saying, look, listen, listen. You need to listen. You have a powerful enemy. And so many churches take Satan for granted. They think they can invoke the name of Jesus when they have no faith at all. They don't have the Holy Spirit. And they're playing with things that they are not aware of. Christians who do casual Uji boards, you are really playing with things that you are not aware of. You don't understand that Satan has hatred himself. He is powerful, and he will destroy you. If you do not have the light of Christ in you, he will devour you and he will consume you. Yes, Satan is powerful. But again, I'm going to say it again. Satan is nothing in comparison to God. He has no hold over true Christians. But at the same time, don't underestimate or overestimate our enemy. Don't. And as we live in this world, we realize the evil motives, the thoughts and the ideals and the principles of this world, it's controlled by Satan. From politics, from the inside to the outside, he is the great deceiver. We cannot forget that. That is why we need to fear God and trust in him and rely on him. And as Matthew 4, we need to pray in the name of Jesus, away from me, Satan. And then Satan left. Satan trembles at the feet of Jesus. Satan trembles when he hears the name of Jesus. The Bible says it is the name above all names. That's why when we pray, when we pray, we don't just say, Lord, please help me. Lord, I love you. And then we don't just say, amen. You don't say, oh, in my words, amen. What do we say? We say, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Because the authority is not in me. You have no authority. I have no authority. As a pastor, I have no authority. We do not have any authority other than the authority of Christ that is in us. Because Christ is in us, Paul was able to do the miracles that he did. Because the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. Because he lives in us, we have authority in Jesus Christ. We cannot forget that. Acts 16, verse 16 to 18. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Again, she is a what? A fortune teller. A prophetess, you want to call her. Whatever you want to call her, she can see the future or predict the future. Again, the devil does not know the future. He does not know your future. He does not know what will happen to you tomorrow. 
But what he is, is he's very smart. He knows your patterns. He knows where you will go. He knows what will tempt you. He knows how to take you to where he wants to lead you. So he already sees your pattern. If you know your pattern, you what? If you know the MO, you know what they will do the next day. So Satan, he uses all of that, knowing the tricks and who you are, what you do, who you talk to, what you watch, what, de what desires you have. He sees your actions. Therefore, he will predict your future. That's why a lot of people are seeking what? Astrology, future, new age, gems, crystals, all these things, signs of the future. They wait to the, for the moon and the stars online and they wait for their baby to be born. It's crazy nonsense. God is the only one who holds your future. That's it. Only God knows. Why? Because he is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He is an all-created God, a being who created you. Therefore, he knows you. He has a call upon your life. Let's go and continue reading. It says, she earned a great deal of money. It's all about money. It was never about helping someone, but it's about money. Why? Because Satan is already at work in this person. For her owners by fortune telling. Verse 17, she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you. He doesn't say, I command you. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her and at that moment, just like Matthew 4, what happened with Jesus? At that moment, the spirit left her. So in the name of Jesus, there's authority to overcome the attacks of Satan. Again, 1 John 4, 4, the prayer that I prayed. You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who's in you is greater than the one who's in the world. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 is a scripture that we memorize as a mission team. But thanks be to God, what? He gives us the victory through who? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, only God has the power to take a life or for a life to be born. That's why he told Job in the book of Job, he tells Satan, the Lord said to Satan, very well, then everything he has is in your power. Again, limited power. But on the man himself, do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Sound familiar? Do we see a pattern here? Yes, we do. Just like Paul in Acts 16. Just like Matthew 4. Just like Job 1.12. They leave. How? When you're in the presence of God. Verse 10 and 11, Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Amen and amen. Please turn to your neighbor and please say, My God, my God, my God. is omnipotent.
Say, your God is omnipotent. And all together, our God is omnipotent. Amen and amen. Our God is not just your God. You know, your, in your name of Jesus, I will pray. But it is my Jesus as is your Jesus. Amen and amen. Only Jesus Christ is omnipotent. That's number one. Point number two, our powerful enemy is not omnipresent again everywhere. He is not everywhere. Omni means all present. He is not present everywhere. Why? Because he is a limited being. Just like us, he needs to take the bus, right? He needs to travel. But the difference is that he has many minions, just like the movie Despicable Me. He has minions doing his bidding, right? Just a bunch of them, just millions, like infinite numbers of them. But they're all under his command. And he uses these beings, these demons, to do his bidding. Satan is not everywhere. It seems like he is powerful, but he's not. He's not at all. Just like when you shine a flashlight with cockroaches, they just run away. They hide like a mouse. He comes when God tells him to come. A good example of that, again, is in the book of Job. Job 1, 6, 7, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? What does he say? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth. It's not instant transmission. Is it transmission? Transport, isn't it transportation? Okay, it doesn't matter. Roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. He's moving about in places, looking for someone to devour, the scripture says, to kill. First Peter 5, 8 through 11, it says in NLT, it says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy. Great enemy is who? Satan, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. He's looking, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against them and be strong in your faith. Remember that your, fat, that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Whether we're here or Indonesia and the Philippines, it doesn't matter. If you're a Christian, you're undergoing suffering. Especially pray for those who are in China. In China, they're changing the Bible. They're changing the description. Just like the woman who commits adultery. It says, those of you who have, who have not sin cast the first stone. You know that story? It says after they left, it says in the Chinese version of the Bible, it says Jesus took the stone and he kills the woman himself. Blasphemy to change the word of God. This enemy is attacking Christians all around the world, not just here in the east coast of America where we live. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Verse 10, in, this, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you suffer a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation, all power to him forever. Amen, it says. NIV version says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil. In other words, your great enemy, 
prowls around like a roaring lion. And in NIV version, later at the end, it says, stand firm, firm and steadfast. Be firm and steadfast in verse 10. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. So in other words, Satan cannot instant transport from place to place. Like his minions, he uses his minions to do his biddings all over the world. There are certain demons and devils that Satan is using right now in your life to study you, to watch you, to bring you down. A book I recommend for you to read is uh, Screw Tape Letters right, by C.S. Lewis, Clive Staples Lewis. That's what his name stands for. And it's a Screw Tape Letter. It's Uncle Wormwood, uh, Screw Tape Letters. It's, it's a letter from an uncle demon to his nephew demon. It's an interesting book. But we understand how Satan works. Satan is the prince of demons. And he has many demons who do his biddings. So again, point number two, our powerful enemy is not omnipresent. But who is? Our God is. Jesus Christ is omnipresent. Amen. Oh, this is nice, the rain, right? Nap time. (laughs) All right, last point here, point number three. We're almost done. Our powerful enemy is not omniscient. Our powerful enemy is not omniscient. What do I mean by that? It means he is not all-knowing. Let me be clear with this. Sin cannot read your minds. He cannot know what you're thinking right now as you're sitting here. He cannot see your future, as I mentioned. Psychics, fortune tellers, you know, Christians, they call fortune telling cards. They call it destiny cards. They have prophetic jewelry that they use. We've talked about certain churches, mainstream churches, who have these group of people that they work with who predict the future. Stay away from that. And when Satan influences fortune tellers to speak to you about the future, he's again just predicting your future by looking at your patterns. Satan, the only thing that he knows is your past. And what does he do with your past? He brings it up. He brings you guilt. He brings you shame. He tries to bring you down, say, this is who you used to be. He tells through the fortune-telling people, fortune-tellers, he says, I can tell you your future by looking at your history, your browser, your patterns, and your behaviors. Just as people will judge you according to your history to dictate your future. All these big texts, right? They have data of all the things you've purchased, things you've visited. Why? So they can sell you things for your present and for the future so they can make money out of you. 
But the truth and the reality is the devil does not know anything else other than your history. And this is the very reason why Satan, he wants you to stay in your broken past. I'll say that again. This is why Satan loves when you stay in your past. He loves when you dwell in the past. He loves it. Because when you dwell in your past, he cannot see what's ahead. He tells you, you have no future. Suicide. End of your life. That's it. No one loves you. You will never amount to anything. Suicide. End it right now. You have no tomorrow. What's the point? What is the point? But we need to understand that our God is omniscient. He knows all things. And he's giving us an opportunity, a chance to trust in him and to rely in him. Psalm 139, I want to encourage you to read. I want to encourage you to read. But it says, when we were in our mother's womb, he knew us. It says, even before a word comes out of my tongue, before I speak, he knows it all. He knows your thoughts, your innermost thoughts. He knows what your fears are. He knows what you're thinking. So in other words, there's nothing we can do other than come to him honestly. And I share this often, I share this with Lewis when we're having br uh, brunch, lunch. And I said, you know, God, when he asks, where are you, like Adam and Eve, God is not asking because he doesn't know. It's like when you're playing hide and seek with a child, right? You see their ponytail and you obviously know where they are. But God is asking you, where are you, to see where you are. It's for your sake. He's asking you, where are you? I already know everything. I already know all your fears. I already know everything that you're afraid of. You just need to come to him honestly, naked and broken. And when you come honest before God, we'll be restored. One of the reasons why Adam and Eve were casted out of the Garden of Eden was because they chose to remain in their pride and their deceit. They, therefore, they felt shame. That's when they started wearing clothes. They were shameful of their past. But how do we overcome the past? We come clean before God. You know, allow the light of Christ to shine upon it. Then it becomes a fair fight. If you keep living in darkness, you will not stand a chance against Satan. But when you're in Christ, you have all the chance in the world. You have already overcome. It's no longer you fighting the battle, but it's the Lord that fights our battle. He has overcome it for us. Amen. And amen. If God is the same, as the scripture tells us, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, tomorrow. Then I too, the same God that was with Joe, the same God that was with Paul, that same God is with me. 
and I can overcome all trials, all temptations. For this God is with me, and I have nothing to be afraid of. I have nothing to fear. In other words, in the name of Jesus Christ, I shall and I will overcome. I say it again. In the name of Jesus Christ, I shall and I will overcome. Scripture makes it clear, Romans 8, 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Psalm 56, verse 9, then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. By this, I will know that God is for me, Emmanuel. God with us, the definition of Emmanuel. Psalm 118, verse 6, the Lord is with me, Emmanuel. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Isaiah 41, 10, my favorite passage, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am with you, for I am your God. I'm going to strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. A promise given and a promise fulfilled. Jeremiah 20, 11, But the Lord is with me like what? Like a mighty warrior. Not some coward like a cameraman just watching us, recording us, laughing at us. But he will fight. And we have already won. So my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. And lastly, 1 John 4, 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Amen and amen. Omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. We understand who our God is and what the devil is not. And we know the difference. But does that mean he is not powerful? No, he is powerful, as I mentioned. But he is beatable. Amen? And sometimes it requires two or three. Right? It's like when we play Super Smash at the event that we had. You know, I don't know what I'm doing, but we made, I think, what was it? Was it Andy? He was like, we, we made him be one character, and then we were all Donkey Kong. <laughs> and they were just like slamming. And he had no chance. He had no chance. And we exposed Andy, right? He could do all his moves, but for all in sync, with the slants, he has no chance. He has no chance. And the goal is, as we get older, we become familiar with our enemy's ways, his attacks and his schemes. And when we do, when we understand his target, right, which is you, your soul, your spirit, your body, specifically your mind, right? He wants to affect your mind because what you think is what you do. His weapon of choice is lies. When we understand that, that we know how to counter. How do we counter? Number one, relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to know Jesus Christ. It's in the name of Jesus Christ. 
And number two is faith. Faith and belief. Believe in the one who is in you. Believe that he is greater than the one, than the one who is in the world, which is Satan. Amen. Amen. Nothing more, nothing less. And this is a topic that I want to come back to, and we're going to continue on, but I just want to encourage you here today uh, for you to remember that you have a formidable enemy, a powerful enemy, but we have already won the war. You will have many battles in this life. You will overcome, and you have already overcome, for you are in Christ. May we remember the scripture here today in Matthew 4, verse 8 to 11. And I'm finishing with this. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. He is taking you to show you all these things. This offer is offered unto you as well. What are they? What are they? Ask yourself this question. What is it right now that the devil is showing me? What are these kingdoms of this world, and what is the splendor of this world? It could be fame, popularity, your job, your career, whatever they may be, they all fall under the world. All this I will give you, he said, and the catch is if you will bow down and worship me. But may this be our answer. That's Jesus' answer, saying. Jesus said to him, Away from me, sin, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. Amen. And amen. With that, I'm going to invite the praise team to come up. And as we sing our closing song here today, with the rain outside and with the storm and when the attacks come, when we feel like the waters are above our heads, may we surrender our life to God and ask the Lord to help us and to strengthen us. Because when you're under the shadow of God's wings, you are protected. Any attack, any arrows from the evil one, it will not reach you. For we have the full armor of God. Amen. Amen. So with that truth, I want to invite you here today. That as we sing this song, I want to invite you to pray. Just pray in your own space before the Lord, between you and him, and him alone. Pray to him and seek his face. For again, he is omnipotent, he is omnipresent, and he is omniscient. He is all those things. Trust in him, rely on him, for he will strengthen you, and you shall overcome from the attacks of the enemy. Let us pray together. Father, we love you. Father, we need you. Strengthen us.
dominion of the enemy. The darkness and the principalities of this dark age. Lord, the target is upon these individuals, God. that you will strengthen and protect your children, especially all around the world. For those who are undergoing suffering right now and undergoing through persecution and trials, where sin has taken a hold of their hearts, these leaders who oppress, who oppress the children, the orphans, the broken. I pray, God, you will instill leaders who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who bring the authority of the name of Jesus Christ to cast aside, to cast away the demons. But may you bring dominion and authority, God, here in this place. May your kingdom be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I pray, God, you free those who are bondage under the power and the attack and the power of the enemy. We ask, God, for freedom here today. No longer are we bound by our past, by our shame, by our guilt. Our future is clear, oh God. For you have forgiven me and you have restored me. And you have given me a new life. A life that honors you, oh God. Lord, forgive me, God, of my pride. Lord, forgive me of my rebellion. Forgive me of my arrogance. I'm trying to do this ministry in my own strength. Help me, Lord. Help our church. Help us to be true disciples of Jesus Christ. Especially with everything that we've been through, everything that's happened. May we rise up above the storms. do we repent God not only do we repent but we receive the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome fill us Holy Spirit bring freedom and power upon our lives so we not grow and be defeated each day but may we be victorious that is found in Christ we are victors in Christ and we will learn to fight we will learn to fight the battles to follow you Holy Spirit come and have your way here in this place Father, you are king. Holy Spirit. 
We will be still. 
from me saying worship the Lord your God and serve him only then the devil left him and just came and attended him Heavenly Father we thank you that that truth applies to us today that God when we cry out and we pray in your name in my Jesus not in someone else's foreign Jesus but my Jesus meaning personal relationship with you faith in you Lord, we will overcome the attacks of the enemy. And we have already overcome, for we have already won the war. We have overcome. Lord, may we not follow the ways of this world and be deceived by the deceit of this world. But may we look to you in faith. May we shine bright with the light of Christ upon us. May our salt, saltiness, be evident and the salt that we have in our walk with you, Holy Spirit. Strengthen us, empower us. Lord, forgive us, Lord. Lord, we repent of our sins. Forgive us of our sins. Holy Spirit, come and give us restoration. And not only that, we go further. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit so that we live a new life the old individual is gone. The old skin is gone. And the new has come. And the new shall stay. Today, tomorrow, and forever. For all of eternity. We thank you. We love you for this promise that is bestowed and given to us as a free gift. The cause is obedience and discipleship to you our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray also right now for protection for the churches all around the world who are undergoing through trials, missionaries, especially in these hard-reached regions where these individuals have received a call upon their life to further the work of your kingdom. Lord, strengthen them. Give unto them all the resources that they need so that their work may be effective and be complete in Christ. And most importantly, Lord, I pray you would empower them with the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit so that they may overcome every attack, every schemes and the lies of the enemy. And we expose Satan for what he is, a fraud, a counterfeiter. Strengthen them. Watch over your people. For these are your people, God and you love them. We thank you. We love you. Pray for our church as well. We give you all the glory and all the honor. Pray all these things in your precious son, just trust in me, pray. God's people pray. Amen. amen. And amen. amen. Before our offering prayer, uh, we have an offering song for you. Let us all sing together. Draw me close to you.
Let's close our service with our final closing song, The Path of Life in Jesus. And that closes up with the benediction. Let's sing together.
for the praise team. Thank you again, uh, the praise team. Uh, we've been through a lot. Thank you for your service and for each and every single one of you, uh, for your heart before the Lord. And with that, uh, let's close our service with our final prayer and with our benediction. Let us pray together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And now, may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he continue to work within us what is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And as God's people we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you all in the back. God bless you.